Thank you for tuning into Calvary Life Keller's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged in your personal relationship with Jesus. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit us at www.calvarylife.us. Hallelujah. Yes, good morning. Come on, who's excited this morning? Yeah? Come on, you, you know he's still on the throne, right? Listen, the Lord told me that I'm, I'll be speaking to, to individuals who, who wants their faith to grow, who wants to grow in their faith. Am I, am I in the right place this morning? Is, is anyone but believe in God for the impossible this morning? You might be facing an impossible situation. Lord, just like you, Lord is saying that you are in the right place. You are in the right place because I'm about to show myself strong. Hallelujah. Am I, am, I, am, I, am I speaking to the right people? Yes. Hallelujah. So let's get right into it. If I can ask you to stand one more time. Uh, you know, I, I love you all, but I don't feel bad for you. You know, you're going to get your exercise on when you're in this church, right? Up and down, up and down, you know. So uh, let's just go before the Lord in prayer. But before we do that, I just want to um, give you the, the text that I'll be reading out of this morning, out of Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 5. Let's get it. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities and increase in measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in, in your knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past. Turn to someone and say, for real, for real faith. I encourage somebody to say, you need to keep adding to your faith. Oh, that's a little weak. I'm going to go over here. Tell somebody that you need to keep adding to your faith. Yeah, tell them with an attitude. <laughs> Get yourself together. Keep adding adding to your faith. So, Father, we just have, we ask that you have your way in this place, Lord God. Without you, Lord God, it's just regular church, Lord, and we don't want regular church. We want to see you move in this place, Lord God. Lord God, so some of us are facing an impossible situation, Lord God, and, don't, and it takes faith. It takes faith in you that will move mountains, Lord God. And so we just thank you for all that you are about to do and things that you have already done, things that you have planned for our lives. We just thank you for it right now, Lord God. Thank you for this opportunity to use me to minister your word, Lord God, and in all of your presence and all of this opportunity that you have allotted me, Lord, to think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, somebody give him a shout. Yes, come on. Yes, you may remain standing. So we, I'm excited. So we are in this series, man, for real, for real faith. Like, for real, for real. Like, I mean, like you're faithful in all seasons, right? Doesn't matter what you go go through, you remain faithful. 
So God is looking for for real, for real Christians to have for real, for real faith. All right. So I'm excited. This is week five of this series. Can you believe it already? It's week five. I was I was planning to just go uh, four weeks, but I just felt the urge to keep going. I don't know when I'm going to stop. I want faith to increase in this church. Are you going to go with me? So we have our biblical definition of what faith is. So I just want to kind of do a little recap for those that have not been to the services and have not heard the messages. So we have our biblical definition of what faith is. So faith is trusting in something you cannot explicitly prove. It doesn't make sense. Like faith is not normal. So stop trying to be normal. Not trying to be normal. His faith, faith is not normal. And so this definition contains two aspects. One, intellectual assent. Two, trust. Intellectual assent is believing something to be true. Uh, but trust is actually relying on the fact that that something is true. And so we, we've been using a, a chair as our example, as a metaphor. So intellectual ascent is saying that this is a chair and it's designed to support someone to sit in it. But trust is actually sitting in the chair. So this is our seat of faith. This is where God wants us to be in, the position that God wants us to be in at all times in our life, our seat of faith. If we want to see the impossible, we must remain in our seat of faith. You with me so far? So I believe there are four types of believers. There are four types of believers. So there, so one, it's, it's the faith in the head, faith stuck in the head believer, right? Um, so we know uh, faith without works is, is dead, right? So, so knowing what faith is, it's different from actually having faith and putting your faith to work. Right. So we don't want to be that type of believer where faith stops here. So we want faith to go from our our heads to our hearts, to our actions. Right. Because faith is substance, not concepts. Faith is substance, not concepts. So faith without works is dead because it, it does not reveal the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. So while you're waiting for information, God is looking for transformation. Right? So sometimes we get stuck. God's telling us to do something, and it takes faith to actually do it. But we're just sitting. We know that this chair is designed to, to, to sit in, but we, we refuse to sit in it because we're thinking about, well, how should I sit in it? Is this the right chair to sit in it? God's just like, no, he's calling us to faith to actually sit in the chair, rely on his word. Are you with me so far? We going? We doing all right? So God wants us, he calls us to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, doers of the word. Apply the word to our lives. That's how you build faith. You apply the word to our life. So if you're facing difficulty in your life, put a word on it. Put a word on it. Okay, so second type of believer is the faith by sight believer. We know that Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
right? So sometimes you can't see what God is doing, right. but we still need to follow him. Right? right? So, 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 so we, need, we still need to follow him. So it seems like, like God's uh, direction is hazy. I don't know if it's, is that anybody else? It seems like he, like he, like we know that he's telling us to do something, but he doesn't give us all the information because we love information, right? We love all the information. You know, good. But God, God told Abraham to just, just go, go into the land that I will show you. <laughs> he told him to just go. He just had to pack up his family. He had to go. But we love all the information. If God gives us all the information, we actually won't go. Because <laughs> it's going to take faith, right? to, to, to uh, actually apply when you face the situation that you're going to. Make sense? Right? So, so sometimes it feels like God leaves us in the dark, but God does his best work in the dark. He does his best work in the dark. Right? They will, well, he will light up a place right, real soon. So if you can see it, it's not faith. So if, if you must see everything to move forward, it ain't faith. It ain't faith, right? If, if you must see everything to move forward, it ain't faith. It ain't faith. See, some Christians always believe only when they see. And then it and, and, and hinders their growth. It hinders them growing closer to God. You're not going to see everything. I'm sorry. God's not going to show you everything. It's going to take faith. He says, I just want you to rely on my word. Rely on the sending. Man, I don't know. I mean, I've seen people sleeping this morning. Oh, this is exciting to me. Oh my goodness. So the third, so so the third type of believer is the overly emotional believer. All right, here we go. I know some people think pastor is not sensitive. You don't care about feelings, and or I do. I care about your feelings. I just don't want your feelings to lead you in a bad way. You know, sometimes we, our feelings lead us all the time, and it prevents us from applying the faith that's needed, right? So faith is not a feeling. It's taking God at his word. I'm sorry to tell you. It's, it's true. It's not a feeling. It's taking God at his word. It's your actions, not your feelings, that demonstrate faith, right? So trials expand. So, so, faith, so faith is like a muscle. So it's that as mustard seed that needs to be developed, right? So trials expand faith just like exercise develop muscles, right? So we have to work. So when we, are, when we face a trial, a difficulty in our life, it's designed to work you out. And you have a spotter in the Holy Spirit because what you can't lift the Holy Spirit is standing right behind you and say, I got you. I got you. Right? So, so even if you have to go heavier, when you have more weight on you, that life just throws more weight on you. The Holy Spirit is just like, okay, I know you're really not ready for this type of weight, so I'm going to stand behind you, right? And it's going to be, I'm going to help you lift as if you're lifting it yourself, but I'm right there with you. Then sooner or later, right, I'm just going to step behind, and you're going to be lifting that thing all by yourself, right? Work it out. Tell somebody to work it out. Stop running from trials. It's designed to work you out. That's how you grow in your faith, 
right? But sometimes we, we run from it because we are in our feelings. It don't feel good. Faith sometimes don't feel good. Applying faith sometimes doesn't feel good, right? So the fourth type of believer, fourth type of believer is a person who continuously growing in their faith. See, struggling with your faith is not the same thing as lack of faith. We all struggle with our faith. But when you struggle with your faith, you're actually growing. Because when you struggle, you're trying to figure out how to apply this thing in my life. How do I apply faith into this situation? So sometimes that struggle provokes you to seek God. So it's okay to struggle with your faith. Don't let anyone tell you, you know, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Well, you need to have faith. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to work this thing out. That's not what I'm looking for. Just pray for me. It's okay to struggle sometimes, right? That's how our faith increase. Oh. So we all struggle with, with our faith at times. But the key thing is we have to continue to grow in our faith. Right? And our text tells us how to actually do that. It tells us how to actually do that. Um, and the things that it tells us to do, right, if we do these things, we will be effective and productive in our faith. I love that. I don't want to serve God and be un unproductive. That's just not, to me, it doesn't even go together. That, right? I, I just want to be productive in my faith. I want to continue to grow in my faith. So it tells us, our text tells us how to do that. And I've just taken a, a few of them out of them and for us to kind of learn from here. So, it's, so it says knowledge. So, so my first point is to keep growing in the knowledge of God. Yeah. So in your walk with God, you shall continue to increase in, the, in knowledge of God. The more you walk with him, the more of God, uh, uh, the more of him you should know. The more you learn from him, the more knowledge and understanding of him you should, you should be, right? So we ought to know God more. That's the goal, is knowing God more. So you know what's the one most devastating thing that will crush our faith? Complacency. 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 So don't get complacent. Be dissatisfied. Wow. We get complacent with our relationship with God. Don't be satisfied with your relationship with God. Because right. God wants us to keep going, right? right? Keep going, keep knowing, keep growing, keep knowing yeah. more about him, right? So don't get complacent. So I've, been, I've read the definition of uh, complacent, complacency, and I want to share it with you, right? So here's the... It's a definition of complacency. A feeling of being satisfied with how things are and not wanting to try to make them better. Wow. Self-satisfaction, satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual danger or deficiencies. So this sounds like the faith that's stuck in the, stuck in the head believer, right? Complacency is dangerous. 
right? Because it means you are not growing. Ineffective, unproductive. You okay? We, we can keep going? So too many people say that they have a relationship with God, but they don't have a continuous fellowship with God. You have to keep going to God. You have to keep seeking him, right? You have to keep calling on, spend that time with him, have that continuous relationship with God. So you can say that you have one, but are you with them all the time? Uh-oh. Right? See, some people are just are satisfied with the relationship that they have with God. I am not satisfied with right. my relationship Amen. with Amen. God. Yeah. I want to know more and I want to grow more. Yeah. I want, I'm not satisfied. And so I believe my, my days to come are, are the best days of my life. It's going to be the best days of my life, right? So I am not satisfied. I want more of God. I want more. I'm not satisfied where I am right now in my life. I'm hungry. I'm a little hungry. I want to see more of Jesus. This is not enough for me. I want more. Is, is anybody going to go with me to believe that, that this is what I... Where I am in life right now, it's not enough. I know it's more to God, right, that I need to know. I want to grow closer to him. Like, I I know I have more gifts inside of me. I have more things that God wants me to do. I want to just, I want to explore those things. I want to be, I want to, I don't want to leave any talent behind. I don't want to leave any, I just want to leave all potential behind. I I just want to, I just want to be able to do what exactly what God calls me to do. Right. I don't want to uh, uh, sit, you know, at the end of my life and be like, oh, and have all these regrets. I should have. I should have said yes to this. I should have done done this. So, God, whatever you have for me, Lord God, I want it. I am not satisfied. I am not satisfied where I am. I'm not satisfied with my current situation, Lord God. I need more of you, Lord God. Amen. More of you to come Amen. into my life right now. Amen. I want, that's the way we, should, we ought to serve the Lord. Yes. That's the way we should live our life. Like, you know what? I am not satisfied. This is not enough. I appreciate, I am like, I, I am content. And in a way, being content is not the same, right, as complacency. You can be content in relationship with God, but you're not complacent because you want more of him. Or well, I want a church that serves him like this is not enough. So some things need to change. The way, the way that this community is, it's some things need to change, right? I see some things in my family, some things need to change, right? I'm not complacent. I need to see a move from God just come and swoop into my home and change some things. Or I walk into my workplace, I see some things that need to change. People are going halfway with the Lord. Some things need to change, right? I need more of you, God. More of you need to come. We cannot get complacent. Complacency is dangerous because it's easy. Right? To be complacent is to get along. Right? So all you must do is sit back and go with the flow. Right? Right? Because if, so going against the flow, right, you you may have to face a conflict. And we're, we don't want to face a conflict, right? 
Um, so we take the safe right. So it's easy. Being complacent is easy. So, so complacency, it does not require accountability. Complacency, it does not require accountability. It does not require discipline. It does not require action. Think about this. When God told Moses to send to, uh, 12 uh, spies out, right, to, to the land that he promised them, the, uh, to prove, to confirm that the land that he, he, he sent them to was full of milk, milk and honey. He told Moses to do that. So imagine Moses going, he picked 12 of his, of his best leaders, right? So it probably went like this. Okay, guys, all right, this is it. We're excited. This is our time. We're about to enter into the promised land, right? This is it. I have my 12 best leaders out there. So all I need you to do is go confirm that this is the place that God told us to go. And you bring back some fruit because that's our confirmation. Bring back some fruit. So they all brought back fruit. But it's amazing how 10 of them had a different report, right? So all 10, like 10 people out of the 12 had the same report. So you know they had some conversations, right, before they, before they came back, right? They, they had to get their stories together, right? right? Make sure their stories were all the same, right? Can you imagine the conversations while when, when they went to the land and they saw the big old giants in the land, right? So, you know, obviously you, you, you have some doubters there, right? You know, or, or, or faith by sight uh, believers, right? Just like, oh, we couldn't, this cannot be the land that God sent us to because look at all these big dudes. This is crazy. Right? There's no way that God will allow us to go into something like this where someone else is occupying it. And these guys are much stronger th th than us. Come on. This, this, this can't be God. Right? But they had the confirmation in their hands that this was the land. Right? But see, what? so they got complacent because they chose easy instead of conflict. They chose easy, but God already told them that this was your land. Bring back the fruit, right? See, we like to avoid conflict. Don't you know? Maybe you don't know. Well, so I'll tell you, if God sends you to a fight, you will win. Right, wow. right, amen, amen, amen. If he, was, if he says, go and, 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 you know, talk to this person or deal with this, all right, go to battle here. Go to battle. If God tells you to go fight, you will come out victorious. Because that's how he sees you. He sees you victorious. This is my child. This is my child who was, who was restored, who was delivered, who was healed. Right? This is my child who was victorious. Right? So you representing the Lord. So you will come back victorious. So here's these, these 12 men. I mean, 10 men came back with the same report and said, you know, yeah, this is, this is not our land. No, those big old people on the land or whatever, they're, they're, too, they're too strong for us and all that. We just, we just can't do it. While they had the fruit in their hands. But you had two of them, right? Joshua and Caleb, just like, hey, yeah, look, come on. This is the Lord. Let's go get them. Let's go get it. It's our land. It's our land, Right? They, 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 they didn't settle for easy. Wow. If God said it, I believe it, that settles it. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. That's the type of faith that the Lord wants us to have. 
right? You are either you are either growing closer to Christ and maturing in his ways, or you are drifting away. So complacent Christians are a win for the devil. Complacency leads to mixed emotions, and we start to we start believing Satan's lies. It's a win for him, folks. It's a win for him, right? We allow the devil to win little battles rather than allowing God to intervene. It's a win. Complacency, complacent Christians is a win for the devil because we become lukewarm. It's another name of being lukewarm, right? And in the book of Revelations 3, Jesus, you know, uh, confronted the spirit, the angels confronted the lukewarm church. He was, it was like, you're, 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 you're neither hot or cold. You're like in the middle. You're like, like right here. You're, you're like, you're like, every day you're just like, it's like, it's confusing. Like what, I mean, it's like, you're not, you're not neither. You're not hot or you're, you're not cold. And Jesus said that when he spits out, which is hard for us to hear, right? Because we, we say that, you know, I am a friend of God. <laughs> I am a friend of God, right? We think that we are friends of God, which, which we are, but we're just like, how can our Jesus tell us that he will spit us out? He don't like lukewarm. I don't know about you, but I cannot stand lukewarm coffee or lukewarm drink. I cannot, no, listen, I, can, I get crazy. And I know I'm crazy, right? I go to restaurants, I don't even think they want me there any longer, right? Because I always feel like I have to apologize, right, when they bring me a cup of coffee and I know that it's not hot enough. It's lukewarm. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I really apologize, but can, do you have anything hotter? As the, as the waitress looking at the steam coming out of the coffee, right? But it's still, it's not hot enough for me. It's still warm. I just don't like it. I want to I wanna spit it out. I want to spit it out. It's nothing like preparing yourself. You go, you're excited about get this nice hot cup of coffee. And you take a sip and it's lukewarm. You're like, whoa. That just happened to me the other day, right? That happened to me the other day. It's like, oh, come on. That's for a hot cup of coffee, not a warm cup of coffee. Right? Do, give me either or. If, you got, if it's going to be cold, put a little ice in it. If it's going to be hot, let it be really hot. But that's what our faith should be. God, God wants us to be hot. And hot all the time. Right? Hot all the time. Stay on fire for him. Chasing after him. Right? God's, God's about a relationship. He's a relational God. He wants you to keep coming to him. Stay hot. You keep coming to God, you stay hot. Even when it doesn't feel that way, you're still hot. Right? So just a few, a few things for, for us to stay growing or not to get complacent, right? Complacent, right? So surround yourself with people who, who follow God for real, for real. Not that they say they follow God, but they actually follow God. People who want to grow, right? Because we need people to help us navigate doubts. Don't keep your doubts to yourself, right? And then we have to continue to read the word. Just read it, study it, and apply it. Read it, study it. It's just that simple. Read it, study, and apply it. All right. So second, my second point here is to keep growing in self-control. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So faith is the opposite of control. It don't go together. Right? So if we, if our goal is to be in control, we push faith away. God, God wants to be in control. Faith is the opposite of, of control. Right? So it's not faith when you are in control. Right? So, so this, is, this is what I say. If I control self, God will control the outcome. If I control self, God will control the outcome. Right? So we just need to control ourselves. Right? We need to learn the power of saying no. The power of saying no to those desires, you know, that are not God desires. The power in saying no to ourself, right? Self-control helps us resist temptation and avoid conforming to this world, yes. right? I mean, like when you read the Bible, you actually learn how to apply it. Just look what Jesus did, right? When he was tempted by the devil. What did he do? He brought him up to him out. Jesus was at his weakest point of life. He was hungry. Listen, I know how I am when I get hungry. I know I'm not my best self. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm my worst self. I think I need deliverance when I'm hungry. Don't let me be up here just, you know, airing out my dirty laundry. I know y'all the same way. Some people out there get hangry. I know some of you get hangry out there, right? It's like I really have to, like, pray when I get hungry, when I get that hungry. It's like, oh, just something come over me. I just get really hungry. So I can relate to how Jesus felt. So I don't know if Jesus was hangry or, or not, but he was thirsty. He was at his mo most vulnerable state. So and, and Satan came and to try to tempt him. And he just gave him, his response was the word of God. Like, you don't even have to feel it. You can just give the response according to the word. What the word says. Right? So we, we have to learn. The Bible teaches us how to handle crisis or how to handle when we get tempted or to how to have self-control. Right? Because So self-control is not doing what you really want to do. It's, it's not doing something that you really want to do. Right? You cannot resist the devil under your own authority. Yes. So one of the proofs of, of God's working in your life is the ability to control our own thoughts, words, and actions. Allowing God to control our thoughts, words, and actions. That's self-control, right? So if you, if you read uh, when uh, Moses, God told Moses to go and free the Israelites from slavery, Moses was hesitant because he was not in control. Because he focused on not having the gift to go and do what God called him to do. But God was not concerned about his gift. He was concerned about his calling. Right. So we, sometimes we get obsessed with our gift, right? And, instead of our calling. But so our gifts will get us in the room 
but the, our calling would transform it. So, so God called Moses to go to the So his, his identity was affected as well because he didn't think of himself worthy, right? Uh, but we know that God makes us worthy. He didn't think he was worthy for, for the call, right? So, so it, he didn't think he had the ability to do what God was calling him to do, right? But we know that your identity affects your activity, so if you don't see yourself as a child of God, you will not function that way. Right? So when, it, so when, so when you have opportunities to be delivered or to be healed, you won't, you won't receive it because you don't see yourself as a child of God. It will affect your identity. Right? So God never called his people to, to, uh, to fit in. He calls us to stand out. He calls us to change a room, not to fit in a room. Right? So he was calling Moses to change a situation. Come on. So God didn't care about his gift. He cared about his calling. So self-control is the power of saying no to yourself and yes to faith. So the best way to know if God is in control is to examine what you do when things are out of control. Do you act out of control or do you allow God to control it? So take this, so take this um, uh, exam. Um, so write this down. I think it's important. This is an exam that you can take for yourself to see who is in control, you or, or God. I had to take this myself as well. And I was shocked with some of the answers. So is my faith in my agenda or God's agenda? Got that? Is my faith in God or in my comfort? Comfort. Is my faith in God or in my circumstances? Is my faith in God or in my money? Is my faith in God or in my career? So just take that. Take that little exam and answer that, those questions, not really tough questions, right? Answer that help you. So God wants to be in control. If you want to do the, you want to see the impossible and do the impossible, let God be in control, right? Um, praise God. All right, third and last one. Third and last point. And I'm going to get you out of here. Keep growing in perseverance. Perseverance is persistent in doing something despite difficulty. Isn't that awesome? So it is perseverance that will get you where God wants you to go at some point. But you must trust him in the middle. Trust is a choice of faith. So we must trust him in the middle. So the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Love that story. Very, very popular story. Um, it's really awesome, right? So we, we know she, uh, she was struggling with this illness for a lot of years. A lot of years she was struggling with this illness. And she she gone to different doctors. They couldn't heal her. She probably went to the people to pray over her. They, they, it, she, she couldn't get healed. Then all of a sudden, she heard that Jesus was coming. 
and she she moved the crowd to get to him, right? And she touched the hem of his garment and she was healed. But I don't think, I think sometimes we focus on the wrong thing. Or I think we miss a, 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 a huge part in this story. Yes, it took perseverance for her to get through the crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. But it also took perseverance to wait for Jesus to come. She still persevered through, uh, uh, in the middle, I should say. She still persevered in the middle. So she still had to uh, push through uh, life issues before she knew that Jesus was even coming. She didn't give up her faith, right? She pushed through her issues. See, these are the times that we, we, we lose sight. These are the times that we give up when we go, when we go through something, when we have something that's, that's probably stopping us from, from moving forward, or wants to stop us from moving forward. But she didn't allow her illness to stop her from serving God. It, she, didn't, she didn't allow her illness to stop having faith, right? So when she touched Jesus, him, his garment, and got healed, it was a result of her faith before he showed up, right? Don't give up in the middle. Don't give up. She, so she had to persevere through tough times. Like she, she still served God. She still prayed. She still believed, right? Right? And then when he showed up, she's like, here's my healing. Now I can be healed. Now I can be healed. I think that's a miraculous story. I think that's an awesome story for us to learn. We must persevere through tough times, right? Those are the times that, that builds our faith, right? So people just waiting for Jesus, right? Just building her faith the whole time. Just building her faith, right? We just wait. We, we wait for Jesus to show up to have faith, right? She had faith before Jesus showed up. Right, and he and he blessed her, and before the result of her faith. Oh my goodness! So she's just just working her faith out, you know, living with this this illness all her life, still still moving forward, still moving forward, no matter what she was facing. Yeah, I I know I got stuff going on, but I'm still serving God. I'm still believing Him. We have we must persevere through these tough times. This is a true test for us right now. Of Christians these days are going to rise up, right, and be the, uh, have the faith that God requires for for us, or, or are we just going to get complacent in our walk with Him? These are the moments that we need, people need to see our faith. People need to see the result of our faith. For real, for real faith. For real, for real faith. Faith, faith that impact others, right? Her faith, I'm sure, impact others. It impacted disciples. Like, oh my goodness. Jesus like, who touched me? Who touched me? So I, when he said those words, when the woman touches garment, he's like, who touched me? Like, she had to go through all that to get to me? That's faith. Not, to all, not just through the crowd, but waited all those years for him to come. She went through all that all her life with this illness. And I showed up. Oh, I had to heal her. I had to heal her. We must persevere. So our text says we need to keep adding to our faith. We need to keep growing in our knowledge of God. We need to keep growing in our self-control. Let God be in control. 
And we need to keep growing in perseverance. Persevere. Persevere. No matter what you're going through, persevere. Right? Persevere. Be like the woman with the issue of blood. Let's change your name. Say, be like the, the woman that persevered through tough times. Right? Continue. You may have to push, some, push through something. But God say, persevere. Persevere. Come on, stand with me. Yeah. I was just like, Lord, help me this morning not to preach a long message. And I did it. So, keep adding to your faith. Keep growing. So, complacent Christians is a win for the devil. Mm-mm. Because he just see you sitting back and just hanging out. So here's the thing. You cannot be complacent and sit in your seat of faith at the same time. Because faith takes action. It takes resiliency. It takes long-suffering. It takes crazy faith. It takes steadfastness. It takes pain sometimes. But God said, just sit in your seat of faith. I'll, I'll be there. God rewards our faith. This is the time that you, your faith grows right where you are. Whatever you're going through right now. If you're going through a tough time right now, um, some things are designed by God. Some things are designed by self, but God still will see you through those things. So whatever those, those case, cases are, whatever you are going through right now, God said, just, can you have a little faith? Can, can you have a little faith? So whatever you're going through right now, it's building that muscle. It's watering that mustard seed. So faith Start small. As we talked about over the weeks, it starts small. But it should not stay that way. It should actually blossom to an awesome tree. Where's your faith today? Whatever you're going through right now, God's saying, I'm working out your faith. Look behind you. You got a spotter. Look beside you. You got a spotter. He's helping you work it out. So maybe... The weight that you are experiencing right now is a little heavier than you're used to. But you have a spotter. That spotter is the Holy Spirit. Spotting you. Making your faith stronger. I see faith growing. I don't know what you're going through, but I see faith growing in this church. It's an awesome thing. God is going to do incredible things in this church. It's going to take faith, faith in God, faith in God. I want people to sense that there's faith in this church when they walk in. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Pastor Bob to kind of close us out in prayer this morning. I hope that you this message touched you in a way where it challenged you to 
to keep adding to your faith. Amen? Bless you. I'm reminded of a scripture where Jesus said, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And that word violence there also can be translated to press in. And so as we close this service, there are things in your life that you know that God has for you. That's part of the kingdom of God. And we're going to have to take that fresh focus on, on those things that God has for us. And we're going to need to begin to press in. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, when she heard Jesus was coming, that was a, a fresh renewing of here, here, come, here comes the answer. So as we close, let me pray for you. And I just want you to take a moment and, and focus in on something that has maybe been a long time that you've waited for your answer. And as we pray that there would be a fresh hunger and a fresh fire and renewing that you're going to pursue and press into God to see that answer. Father, we thank you for this day and for this powerful message. Father, as we stand here, there's some of us who need healing in our bodies or there's financial needs or things that have loomed before us for a long time. And we know in your word that you've provided healing and deliverance for us. And so right now, we press in. As an act of our faith, we press in and look to you. And we just hold on tight to the word of God and to your faithfulness to us. And that there be a renewed spark or a flame in our heart that we are going to pursue. We're going to pursue and we're going to, and we're going to take the kingdom by force. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You're dismissed. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast. Thank you and have a blessed week.